Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Wednesday afternoon. It's Kevin Graham and John Hughes Jr. for a Celtic State of Mind Bulletin here at half past 12. John, how are you today? I'm fabulous, Kev. Fabulous. I've got a wee trip away at the weekend, going to Spain at the weekend. Uh, looking oh, forward nice. to that. And I'm uh, very, very grateful for once for global warming uh, because apparently there's been a meltdown in Govan. <laughs> I think there's always a. I, I must admit, I, I did find it quite funny today, and I always, I always think it's good to laugh at yourself at times, eh? and I laugh at myself very, very often. Um, but all these, all these guys who make a living predicting Rangers' second downfall, like 
oh, they haven't released their accounts, they haven't done this. They're now scrambling about this morning after the Rangers have released accounts which show a profit. Aye, there's a lot of caveats to the reason that they got that profit, right enough. Yeah. But all these guys scurrying about trying to make it out, it's the bad news that they've been predicting. Eh? I love these fellas, man. I mean, <laughs> he, 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 I, I, I take them as the type of guys that would actually, if you emailed them saying that you were an Egyptian prince, they would give you their bank details. Eh? I, 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 I think that's their intelligence level. I, I don't know how they can actually be bothered spending so much time yeah. pouring over somebody else's finances. Yeah, well, it's 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 not my thing, although I do take an interest, obviously, because that's sort of my field. But, um, uh, yeah, no, I'm just more interested in the, the, the meltdown on the park rather than the meltdown in the accounts. Um but uh, yeah. Anyway, so so we'll put it this way: it put a it put a, a nice wee happy glow on the weekend. Uh, it did. Made that result ever more important. What what it did for me was. Oh, well, look, there's quite a few years on already. Please like and subscribe. Do the usual housekeeping. There's no plans for a fire drill, so he's didn't need to know where the fire exits are. Um, you'll maybe you'll notice that I'm somewhere else today. You will notice that, that I'm not in my usual kitchen. The reason being, my dad was in hospital yesterday for a wee procedure, and I'm up here giving him some TLC. I don't know what they sent for me for, to give him some TLC, but I'm here anyway. Um, that's because it was nobody else, really. I'm, <laughs> I'm only saying that because I can that he's watching through there. <laughs> I know that he's watching because I, I can hear myself. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Graham. Hope you're feeling well, sir. Yes, I can hear them. Now, uh, we'll go to the comments first. Durban uh, Kulshe, this is a day for the Axon hardliners, Yogi and Ke- Kevin Bampothead. <laughs> Billy comes in, Billy Balloon Brain. That's a great name, Billy. On the scale of 1 to 10, how does Kevin Graham score on the Axon Bamometer? <laughs> Kaiser, I'm going to just read the front first bit of this. Kev's a 10. Thank you very much. And Billy Bloombrain comes in and says, I give Kev Green Poe a perfect 10 in the nicest possible way. Cheers, lads. Uh, if you want to just leave a comment while I'm on the barometer, I love, I love stuff like that. Uh, oh, we've got, you were mentioning you're going to Spain there, John. We've got a wee Facebook user. Hiya, Kev and John, tuning in from Mallorca. There right. you go, eh? Well, I'm Keith. off to Malaga. So it's a friend of yours, sixtieth, uh, and it's my birthday as well, actually, on the Monday. But uh, yeah, no, I, I haven't done a short trip before. I have to say, usually when I'm going, I stay away for a wee while. But um, you know, it's Friday to Monday. But I'll take it. I'll take anything I can get at the moment. Uh, I didn't get to Madrid, so Malaga, I'll have to do. If, if we go back to we'll go to, go to Madrid, then we'll go then we'll go to uh, Celtic Park on on, on uh, Saturday, Madrid. <laughs> It kind of went the way that your worst nightmare was going to go. Eh? When we were sitting here on the Wednesday afternoon, eh, it was like one of the options that we didn't really speak about, but no. but we knew it was a possibility. Yeah. Again, we were like the second half performance. We're like an old, well, like a housewife that takes too many Valium and falls asleep in the second half. Yeah. And the eh, first half's fine, second half we weren't very good, but we won the last nineteen minutes one none which is something that we can actually build on. <laughs> well, it was the one thing we said uh, we wanted the opposite of that to happen. We reckoned if we had any chance at all, we need to score early and hang on for dear life. Um, although that was very unlikely, but that's what we reckoned we needed to do. And then, you know, four minutes in, 
they get a penalty. And uh, Joe Hart, ah, honest to God, sometimes the man's just glued to his line. You know, you're screaming at the telly. You know, you could see that coming. The boy had like a 40 up running, you know, shouting at the goalie to come out and get it. And he's so much opportunity and he doesn't. And then, you know, shot goes against Jens. Fair enough, that's a penalty. Then the O'Reilly penalty, which was very unlucky. Again, you know, one of these VAR things. And, uh, you know, I'm getting used to that nonsense. Um, so, no, it wasn't. It was the opposite of a great start. But then we had the opportunity to come back into it. You know, we, uh, we got we got a penalty ourselves. And we had an opportunity to come back into it. I'd say if we if we get a pen at the moment, uh, I wouldn't be banking on us to score it. I think the boys are working on a wee bit of confidence. It's a big, it's a big arena to step up and take a penalty. To be fair to JJ, but um, you know, it wasn't a great it wasn't a great effort at all. JJ has had a cracking record, but. See, everything we were firing, <laughs> the chances that we had, we, we, they were all straight down uh, the big goalie's throat. I can't actually remember what his name was. Uh, Courtois. That was right down his throat. Eh? And when I saw JJ lining up, I'm going, I think he's quite scared of that goalie standing in front of him. And because uh, of the goalie's reputation is like Japanese hogweed, man, it just spreads. You can't get past it. You can't get rid of it. And I, I think that kind of played in his mind. It was a poor penalty. I wouldn't even yeah. call it a decent save. It's a poor penalty. Um, as, soon as, yeah. as soon as the keeper's going the right way for that, he's saving it. And yeah. it's very unlike Juranovic. Uh, it's very unlike Juranovic to like do something like that. But as you say, it just sort of like summed up like um, our European campaign this year. Right. Missed chances, then we just fell apart in the setting half. Well, I mean, the falling apart is, uh, I mean, I thought some of the subs did all right when they come on, but again, it's, it's pretty much as we said before. I mean, we, it's, uh, in, in Europe, Europe inverts our game. So, you know, as we said before, uh, when we're domestic, we've got 65% of the ball roughly uh, and we're pressing the rest of the time. And in Europe, that's flipped in its head. So we're pressing for far longer, far harder, far more intensity than we are capable of doing. And we don't have any practice at it domestically. Uh, and athletically, it's an incredibly big ask, you know, to be pressing at that intensity for that amount of time. So we're always going to drop away in the second half. Uh, there was uh, there was never much doubt about that. I mean, the fact that we scored, you say, won the last 19 minutes, we did okay. But to be honest with you, I mean, there was a point. There was a point there about three 0 They were showboating, Aye. you know. I, I they, they were they were passing for fun. They were just showboating. They weren't, you know, they weren't really attacking with any intensity. It was it was um, they were just enjoying themselves at that point because they knew it was a done deal. So, you know, how our performance relates to that, I, I don't really think it matters at, at that point. You know, it was great to see the goal uh, and. Um, mainly because you could see how much it meant to the player. Um, but, you know, in terms of our performance, you know, the subs that come on did okay, but, you know, it didn't really matter. The game was gone, you know. So, yeah, as you say, I think more reflective of our European campaign. Um, and, we, you know, we had we had a quite a contentious one on this, you know, when we didn't win the... Uh, when we actually did go out to the officially after Shakhtar, it was there was a lot of unhappy people on the pod and in the comments. Um, so you know we've done that. Uh, we've already been over there. It's 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 very disappointing. Madrid, you were just going there to see how you how you could fare, and the answer is not well. 
the answer is there is a vast gulf between yes. us and them. But that, that's no surprise. That's no that, surprise. The, the answer is the reality that we didn't want to talk about last Wednesday was there for all us to see. And you go, well, that, that, that is the reality. And you, you, you do think it shouldn't be that way, but unfortunately, the way the modern game is, it is yeah. that way. But we have to look at a way of bridging that gap. Pat Dolan read my mind, John, because I was going to bring this up. Joe Hart is rotten at penalties. Reminds me so much of Craig Gordon. Pat, I used to say with Craig Gordon that the Celtic team used to just line up for the kickoff if we got a penalty kick against us because they knew <laughs> that he was going to dive the wrong way. And I get the kind of the same kind of sense with Joe Hart, where yeah. with Fraser Foster, I was always confident the big fella was going to pull one out the bag. Yeah. Well, I mean. <sighs> You know, I'm not enough of a goalkeeping expert to know. You know, he obviously doesn't have a great record at it. But I, I'm I'm far far more concerned about the reason there was a penalty against us in the first four minutes. Uh, and as I say, that it's the big games as well. It seems to be mainly the big games. He will not come. He will not come off his line. You know, I mean, he just won't come for the ball. Uh, and, you know, if there's bodies in front of him, he doesn't come. There's guys running down on him, he doesn't come. You know, and it's, especially that first one, I mean, that's goalkeeping 101. You don't have to be an expert goalkeeper to see, you know, how many times have you trained for that situation? The guy's coming in, you've got to close him down, you've got to close the angle down, you've got to make it difficult for him. You don't just let him get a clear run in on you. Um, so I don't blame Jens for that. But, I mean, if I'm going to criticise Hart for something... It's that, you know, penalties, you know, again, you've only got what you got a 50-50 shot at saving penalties if you're lucky. I don't actually know what the percentage is, to be fair, but uh, it's, it wouldn't be high. But, um, you know, again, and if you want to worry about something uh, at the moment, I'd be more worried about us, uh, our inability to take a penalty. <laughs> uh, but it's just a strange one, especially, because see Jackie Marcus. I mean, when we signed him, you know, the, the, the talk was, yeah, he scored a lot of goals, but, you know, 30% of them were penalties. So, you know, that, that detracts him from what his scoring record was when we signed them. But he, he was scoring penalties for fun before we we're, signed we're them. Hoping, we're hoping Yakamakis' penalty record is just atrocious against Livingston, because that's the two that he's <laughs> missed. He's only missed two against Livingston. Numpty days, 67... Give Joe Hart a break. No Hart last season, no title. Completely agree, Numpty. I actually do completely agree. And what we know Joe Hart has his faults and he's at the age now where John says that he's not commanded his box, but he's not going to command his box because he's never done that any time in his whole career. He's no, he has adapted to Ange Postacoglu's style, but there is still work there. And I think Postacoglu himself, uh, we will talk about this later on, John, Postacoglu himself says at the AGM, well, there's some of your heroes I know that if we want to progress, we're going to need, we're going to, need to move on. We'll, we'll talk about Saturday. We'll forget about Europe. That's that done for next yeah. year. Yeah, just say one, one thing, Kev. That, that, see, the, the comment there is, is so typical of the comments. We get. Because you criticise one aspect of uh, a player's game does not mean you're calling them a bad player. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean you're not uh, recognising their contribution. It just means there's one aspect of their play uh, which you believe is flawed. That doesn't mean that Joe Hart's a bad player. So, again, you know, I appreciate the, the, the comment, but, I mean, it's very, very typical of the comments we get. You're just picking and choosing right, what you want to hear, uh, and that's not what we said. So... Well, 
you know, thanks, but no, that's not what we said. Water off a water off my back now. John. <laughs> uh, well, s- Saturday, I says on Saturday when I walk when I when I left the ground that I says this was a very very this was this was petering out to be a very uneventful two one victory, a very unmemorable game. Hopefully on the way to another title, a very unmemorable game on the way to the World Cup break, and all of a sudden it became absolutely brilliant in the last five minutes. It was a game that you're actually going to remember. Then what happened on Sunday turned that five minutes into even more beautiful than what it was even on Saturday when I was when I was walking out the stadium. That could be a big five minutes, eh? Because I, even though I don't think the league's over, you only have to look at last year to say that the league's not over. That. Even though it was brilliant walking at the stadium on Saturday, scoring the two late goals, and you're going, I'm quite glad we turned up for those five minutes in the second half because the second half was utter dross. I say, and I'm quite glad that we actually just turned up and went, oh, we need to go up a gear. But what happened on Sunday made those five minutes could be a pivotal moment, much like Tony Ralston at uh, Ross County last season as well. Absolutely, absolutely huge because the swing that that gave us then at the weekend was massive, uh, you know, because of the result that happened elsewhere, um, you know, and uh, St. Johnson, I have to say, has always been my favourite saint. Um, but, uh, you know, for that, thanks to for the to that result, uh, that win became far, far more important than it was, and it was already important. So it gave us a massive swing, in our favour, uh, it was huge and crucial, and it was absolutely brilliant. Um, and as I'm sure we'll come on to discuss, I don't know about you, uh, Kev, but funny enough, you know, I and I tweeted this out, and I think nearly everyone agreed with that when they equalised, despite the fact it was so late. Uh, I didn't feel panicked. I didn't feel that sort of fatalistic resignation and disappointment that you normally feel that. Like, oh, you know, I was confident. Uh, that we would get one. Uh, and not just because, uh, you know, of how we were playing or not because we were playing spectacular, but because the combination of how we were playing or starting to play, when the, you know, especially when the subs come on, uh, and the opposition. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. 
Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I, I, you know, that opposition is, is poor, uh, and I, I wasn't really, I, I didn't feel as if they were going to hold out. Um, and plus, of course, the the unlimited, you know, extra time VAR gives you. Uh, so that was, uh, I, I, I just wasn't overly concerned. Um, you know, I, I, I was confident we'd go in and get one. I didn't think we'd go in and get two, but hey. <laughs> happy days. Happy I, I, days. I, I, I was happy days, and I was a bit like you and Nivy and Danielle. Uh, Danielle F. Come, uh, leaves a comment. Danielle F. The last five minutes epitomises Celtic under Ange. The first goal to win the game was great, but the second was glorious. And yeah. I was a bit like you sitting in the stadium. I was going. I was 87 minutes, we've got plenty of time. That's what went through, that's what went through my head. I'm going, that's ah, 87 minutes, we've got plenty of time. But what I will say, I mean, I, I like admitting that I do get things wrong. And I says to Jay that sits next to me, I says, your subs have been brutal since I've came on. And two of them ended up scoring. So that Saturday was like, I thought the second half was boring. I did think, I think we, we were uninspired in the second half. But it's the first time I've had a look at Poster Coglu's substitutions and went, why did you take off Yakamakis and why did you take off Hak Sabanovic? Because I think both of them were contributing to pinning Dundee United back. And when both of them went off, we sort of lost the game completely. The game was petering out to nothing until Dundee United had that wee two-minute spell where they, where, where they managed to score. And it's the first time I, I was sitting there questioning, that was a strange sub. You've took guys off there I thought were actually playing well. But then again, I'm not the one that's seen the stats sitting on the sidelines. I'm not the ones. I'm not the ones that are, that are getting the, the real time data through. It might be seen by the way Haktabanovich is done. You, you need to take him off, even though he's having a good game. Yakamakis, you're going to need to. But sometimes it was the first time I thought that sometimes these subs are just subs for subs' sake, rather than having a purpose. Well, it's interesting you say that because I, I think the thing that's been established was, you know, we'd always thought. Um, that the subs were driven by you know the stats and the data that they're getting from the track man that they were or you know whatever, but the fact that the subs are always at the same time belies that notion, you know unless they've established that that's just when people drop off generally, um, mm-hmm. but the fact that the subs are always on sixty five minutes leads you to believe he's not necessarily looking at individual stats and going that player needs to come off just now. Um, you know, otherwise it'd be at different times in the game. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, he's, he's obviously trying to influence the game uh, and change direction in the game. Uh, and in this case, you know, we weren't playing particularly well. Subs come on uh, and uh, didn't really particularly change that uh, until uh, the, the last five minutes. But there's an interesting one. This is a, the, the, the controversial one, Kev. Uh, it seemed to be. I don't think it was controversial when uh, O'Reilly didn't get picked there for Denmark. You know, wasn't really expecting him to, but I just put out a wee tweet um, just to say, ah, shame for the lad, you know, uh, and uh, I hope you know you'd have hoped that he could have gotten at this the, the team, um, but obviously it was a bit of a long shot. But that sparked off a rock in the comments where I, I didn't realise there were that many people who just don't rate O'Reilly at all. They just think he's absolute rubbish. So the argument I had, one fella was, um, oh, he's done nothing this season, he's been invisible. And I said, well, what about the Red Bull game? But he was our best player offensively and defensively. And he said, but domestically, 
And I was like, well, what do you mean like Saturday? When the Dundee United game, where he was directly involved in all four goals. You know what I mean? So he wins the ball in midfield for the first one to set, uh, set Jota free. He plays the ball into the box for Gigi that knocks down Hagsabanovic scores. He takes the, the, the corner that Ralston flicks on and Kyogo scores. And then he plays an absolute worldie of a ball through uh, for Abada. And thankfully, um, uh, Maeda missed it. But, you know, what a finish that was as well uh, from Abada. So beautiful ball, beautiful finish. But, you know, I, I, I accept the fact that there's been some players that have looked disappointing this season, especially in the Champions League, because we are... Yeah, we are playing, uh, you know, there's a level above us there, but against Shakhtar and stuff like that, we should have done better, we should have looked better. Um, but I accept that some of the, some of the guys have looked a bit erratic uh, and so on, um, and he's maybe not been playing his absolute peak. Uh, but, you know, someone said to me, oh, well, the fact he hasn't scored is very telling. Is it? What's it telling you? Because he set up that goal, you know, he set up Two of them, three of them, four of them potentially. You know, he was involved, directly involved in all of them. But I'd be interested to know what people are saying in the comments because essentially it seems to be that people are very, very conflicted uh, about O'Reilly uh, and how he's playing this year. So I'll just leave that for a while. Let, let people stew in the comments and we'll come the, back. The, to comment, the, the comments that have came in so far, John, are extremely positive. If they were, if they were writing Matt, Matt O'Reilly a Valentine's card, that would be absolutely gushing. <laughs> Uh, the underwater cabbage salesman O'Reilly has been brilliant in recent weeks I've, I've got to concur with that uh, Ridiculizer comes in and says Matt O'Reilly is great um, Daniel F comes back in again and says work 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 uh, we are playing out of his we are playing out of his best position thought O'Reilly has been incredible and I'm going to I kind of agree with this uh, with Munio uh, oh, I like your, I like your avatar. That, that's quite interesting. That avatar. <laughs> uh, Matt O'Reilly gives Rogic vibes, but his final third finishing isn't great. Does a job in Scotland, but too inconsistent in Europe. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to pick up something, something with that. I'm not ready to judge him on Europe yet because he's only had, I think he's had eight games. He played against Bodo last season as well, but I think he showed up well against the teams in the Champions League. I think. A lot of the problem that people have with Matt O'Reilly is he doesn't seem busy. He doesn't charge about because he doesn't need to go and charge about. And he's got that natural ability where he makes it look a bit easy. He makes it look he makes it look lackadaisical almost. And sometimes I think as as Scottish, Irish uh, I was going to call us British as but only ball, Scottish and Irish folk. Uh, I think Sometimes we 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 see guys grafting, and we and we high and we put that above actual ability. Yeah. Aye, he grafts; he's fantastic. Whereas O'Reilly grafts in a different way. It's not it's not in a sweating way. It's actually in a playing football way. And I think some I think, I think some folks struggle, with, especially on the telly. Yeah. Sometimes on the telly, if you're watching the telly, it can be extremely difficult to see what the players are actually doing. But in real time, if I'm in the stadium watching Matt O'Reilly, you can actually see that the work that he does. And well, there's, there's, a, there's a perfect example, though. I mean, you wouldn't have heard anyone mention, I mean, if I hadn't gone back and looked at it, I didn't even notice it myself on that first goal. But it was O'Reilly that won the ball in the midfield. He won mm -hmm. that back in the midfield. 
and plays it through, and that's how Jota gets away. So, you know, people again, it can be difficult unless you're analysing a game or doing what you know we have to do sometimes, which is sit and take notes and watch it back and all the rest of it. You know, first of all, there's confirmation bias, as we're all familiar with that, which is if you're determined to think someone's garbage, all you're ever going to see is is the bad bits of their play. So there is that. If people have taken against you, it's very difficult to change uh, minds. But, you know, he is, although I I agree that he hasn't been brilliant in Europe, but none of them have, because they're playing miles, uh, you know, above a level. I mean, what was Last year, nearly it was. It was only a year ago he was playing uh, in Milton Keynes. <clears throat> so, well, that's you know, what. That, that, then he's playing in Real Madrid. You know, for God's sake. I mean, how, that, how that much? Was- that was one of the that was one of the comments last week by the commentator. It was exactly twelve months to the day that Matt O'Reilly scored his last goal for Milton Keynes Dons, yeah. and twelve months later he's in the he, he's in Madrid. That's a meteoric rise, John. That is a meteoric rise. Absolutely. And how how much improvement do you expect from one guy in a year? Do you know what I mean? It took Tony Ralston five years. (laughs) He's still improving. uh, Exactly. And Greg Taylor, look at him. You know, it's a sensational rise that he's had. Now, uh, Matt O'Reilly said a meteoric rise. Uh, So, as you say, Kev, uh, and you know, you could say the same for a Hatati. Again, these are these guys have gone in there this year. Now, look, we're disappointed in the European campaign, and we're disappointed, um, at the, especially the games against Shakhtar. Very disappointed in those. But again, these guys have never played at this level. They've never had that experience before. That you know, the whole thing is new to them. Uh, so, you know, I think. You know, I, I was disappointed because I had expectations set myself that, you know, we could do well in that group. But obviously, you know, I wasn't right about that. Uh, and the players, you've got to, you know, factor in the, the, the levels that they have to jump um, to get up against these teams. So, you know, uh, maybe we just sort of dismissed that a, a wee bit too handily and assumed that these guys could keep on improving just massively the way they have done for us domestically. But they obviously can't. There's limits to that. You know, uh, and again, this is going to be whether O'Reilly actually ever gets the opportunity to improve with us uh, is another issue because again, I'm sure we'll come on to that. But Andrew's comments about the aggressive transfer strategy. This is a brilliant segue, John. This is almost as if we've scripted this, (laughs) which was one of the accusations that we got that this was all scripted. I mean, how can anybody script the rubbish that I say? (laughs) (laughs) I do not understand that. We'll talk talk about uh, Matt, and I'll bring in the comments. Every comment has been positive, John. So I I don't care if you have these bums on Twitter, or we all move into whatever it's called. Is it Mogadon or whatever it's called now? Mogadon or Twitter? (laughs) I can't remember. I, I don't know. It begins with an M. It begins with an M. I, I don't know what it's called. I'm a 46 year old guy who's staying with his dad for a couple of days. Then what I mean? I'm just like, I'm not doing with the kids. I'm, I'm not doing on the mind. That's right. Uh, Paddy Laverty about Matt O'Reilly. It's called Elegance Kev. That's a very young looking Paddy. If that's Paddy with George Best there. That's a very young-looking Paddy. It'll be good to see Paddy in January when he's across for that some night out. Uh, Mark E, 
O'Reilly would do well in an experienced team, but he's been thrown at the deep end of us, but he's still swimming. Completely agree. Uh, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Gary Oliver, I must be imagining Matt O'Reilly has been playing holding midfielder for a large portion of the season, not his role. He's taken one for the team at his own expense. He's a Rolls Royce. I think Paul Band does call him players Rolls Royce. He's Gary. I think they have to come up with a different car. He's a Ferrari. I think we'll need to actually say there. Kaiser. Yeah. I saw your comment earlier on, Kaiser, about coming on State of Mind. What I'll say is just email Paul, and I'm sure he'll be able to arrange to get your dulcet tones and forthright and great opinions on the on the programme. O'Reilly must be worth twenty-four million. Get him punted, he's too handsome. It hurts my eyes. <laughs> that, 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 that is that is a point as well. I mean he is a good looking lad. I think he would make a good Batman. Because he's got that kind of smouldering dark look, eh? He's like, I do think he would make a great Batman. Uh, Dell, yeah. I think he has been brilliant, has taken to the, taken to the Kalmak position with ease. He looks cool as F all the time. And Pat Dolan, O'Reilly's passing is excellent. I think it might be his languid style that clouds fans' judgment. I think me and Pat yeah. are the same person today. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's been in my head quite a lot. So, Good point. This, this was an early comment from Menino. I can read into Anne's comments about having to move players on and some fans won't like it. Now, this was a comment that Anne says at the AGM when he was asked about progress. And I took the comments basically mean as we've got our heroes just now, but every area of this team can be improved and it seems like we've got two, as you said to me earlier on, John, aggressive transfer strategies in place. Now, he says yesterday uh, at the press conference that our January window's almost done. <laughs> he's, he's, he, went, he says everything's in place for the January window and he's going to use the World Cup break and the World Cup break to plan for the summer. Now, I think that means there is going to be a turnover in the team. There is going to be some guys who... He's maybe going to take the money for and run. They, they, they probably know some guys who might, who they'll know there is interest in certain players. Yeah. And so it seems like Postacoglu is already having plans to deal with us. Kaiser, uh, Menino, he comes back and says, I think uh, Kyogo might be leaving us soon. And Kaiser says the players that we could have a look at that may be on our way is. CCV, Jota, Josip Juranovic, Hatati and O'Reilly. I'm going to pick two names out of that. I think CCV, folk are ignoring him. I think he's been utterly, utterly fantastic for us. And he's been, I think he will be quietly turning heads. And if, if I was a betting man and somebody asked me to put money on one of those five players leaving, it was five players, one of those five players leaving in January after the World Cup is going to be Josip Juranovic. I think, I think Juranovic, after the summer where he was linked with a number of views, a number of moves, he's got a World Cup coming up where he is the first choice right back for a half-decent nation, a footballing nation, and I'm not talking about the people or anything like that, just in case... Anybody wants to dig me up about Croatia, Croatia's past or anything like that? I'm talking about a half decent football nation who go far in tournaments every time that every time that they're in them. I think he's 27. I think he's 27. 
he's got one big move left and I think his agent's going to push him at the door. And I don't think yeah. Celtic are going to be difficult to deal with either. No, I don't think so. Uh, I, I, you know, again, uh, first of all, how much do we care as long as there's decent backup? Uh, so uh, Ralston is is more than capable backup. And for me, Juranovic this year, maybe things could have gone worse in Europe, but I, I, I don't think he covered himself in glory at all in Europe um, at uh, that higher level. Uh, so for me... Uh Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, Big Tony is is decent backup. I'd have him. Uh, So if Juranovic wants to go, that's grand. You'd be more concerned about if someone said to you, we're going to sell... Greg Taylor, you'd be like, oh, wait a minute, you know, because where's the backup there? Now, that's interesting when you say about CCV, you hadn't really thought about that because you think of him as just the core, he's, he's really at the heart and the spine of the team. But if someone wants to pay stupid money for him, I mean, you know, again, we've got Starfelt coming back now, you've got Jens there, who I don't think would be too much to buy. Um, but, I mean... I just basically think there aren't going to be any sacred cows here, is what I was just saying. There's going to be nobody that can't be got rid of, uh, depending on what that means money-wise. Because at the end of the day, the majority of these guys we signed, nobody knew who they were last year, right? So it's not as if we're going for established names. So to be a proper player trading club, and this is where I love what you said, just to be a proper player trading club, you do have to be aggressive in the market. And so you have to be aggressively looking for guys, these, you know, one million pound, two million pound guys, but who are, um, you know, undervalued, significantly undervalued, or who we think we can coach to a much higher level. Um, and, you know, if you take Haxabanovich, for instance, you know, we got him for a million and a half. You know, if someone wants to pay eight million pound for him, you know, which is probably worth. Um, then you know what do you do about that? It's not so much who we get rid of; it's who we bring in. Mm-hmm. So you know, as long as you know you can get rid of whoever you like, but as long as you're bringing in better quality, that's the point. You know, I, uh, 
Liam's point here, Liam with the, the Wu-Tang Clan avatar. Liam, who's your favourite member of the Wu-Tang? Oh, Method Man. Man, myself. I love Method Man. John's looking at me going, what the hell are you talking about, Kevin? Got no clue. Um, I think when you look at what we deem to be a first 16, I think Cameron Carter Vickers is a drop-off when Cameron Carter Vickers isn't there. And I agree with Liam what he actually says. The only guy we cannot sell by any means is Cameron Carter Vickers. Any other names that Kaiser mentioned, I think we could lose and still be able to handle it. What I would say is I don't think people will look at Hatate or O'Reilly or Jota at this precise moment in time until they have another year at Celtic, another year at Europe. But Someday, I can't remember, somebody in the comments says the English had a look at CCVs, had six loans. Aye, but he's progressed in the last two years and there will be clubs in England that will take a punt on him because he's already been in the English system and he will count as an English, as a development player, I think, as well. And also think that Josip Juranovic, because of his world, because of his international pedigree, will be another one that they'll be interested in. I'm not too worried about the other ones because the other ones would actually, whoever bought the other ones for me, it would be a significant gamble for the buying club to pay the type of money that we'd be looking for for those players at that stage in development. Yeah, I mean, there there is no point in us selling guys that we bought for, you know, three or four million, for five million, you know, unless they're at the end of their career and we have to, we're looking to get shot at them. That that doesn't really help us, you know. So, but the, the point is, you know, again, what I is getting at here, if you have bought these guys, you know, for really, um, you know, great value, so the one and a half millions and the two millions, you know, the Hitatis and stuff like that, <clears throat> if someone's offering you 10, 12, 15 million, you've got to look at that. You have to look at that because you could be bringing in, um, you know, a seriously quality player for that sort of money. You know, now, the the caveat to all of that is player trading club means we need to be making a profit as well. So obviously we're not just piling all this money straight back in uh, to the, the, the players. So we need to be making a profit as well. So that that's where, you know, that, as I say, that's where the caveat lies. Um, and again... It's not an easy model to get right, um, but so far, uh, Ange has done what seems to be an excellent job and we're on the right path. And it's great to hear him talk like that because it means someone's in control of it. We're not just vaguely sitting about in the transfer windows wondering what uh, Peter Lowell's going to allow it to happen. You know, you know, there, there seems to be a, you know an aggressive approach to this. You know, Peter Lowell's in there now as well. Um, and uh, appears to be significantly better at it than his dad. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's great to see because we've been talking for ages. And as you said before, Kev, you know, if you want to be taken seriously, um, you know, as a club, uh, you need to act seriously. You need you need to put your big boy's pants on, as you say, Kev. I'm going to steal your quote there. Um, well, if, you, if, you're, if you're going to be in the big boy, if you want to be, be treated like a big boy, you need to wear the big boy pants. So you need to have the structures in place. You need to have the right people in place. You need to have everyone pulling in the same direction as to what that model is. So we've agreed on what the model is. We've agreed that we had a player trading model, but we weren't, we weren't run like a player trading club previously. You know, that's we weren't run that way. We said this is a model, but then we didn't do it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, and again, um, it looks now as if things have taken what appears to be quite a dramatic shift. Uh, so I'm absolutely delighted by that. Uh, and yes, I, I imagine there's going to be some sore ones when we lose guys. You're just going, oh, God's sake. You know, oh. how, are we, how are we supposed to progress if we're losing our best players? But the point is, you've got to be bringing guys in, you know. So the boy starts at two million. We've had this discussion a lot of times. You know, you buy someone for two million, you sell them for fifteen million. You cannot replace that guy with a two million pound player. No, this is you know. this is Marquis' comment here in a nutshell. You can't, you, you cannot sell Edward and replace them with Patrick Kamala. Yeah, that is the that is the level that you're actually talking about, Marquis. For those listening audio later on, the club's history of progress usually means selling off our best players and replacing them with. Projects. So and resetting to zero, you can't keep resetting to zero. No. You know, if 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 you're losing Josip Juranovic, you've got to be bringing in a better player than Josip Juranovic. You've got to you've got to use the market better. And this is yeah. this is something that I don't think that we've actually do. As you say, I think we got a bit gallus, a bit blasé with a number of gems that we did manage to get. The high-profile ones, because everybody forgets all the, the utter rubbish that we actually brung in as well, and that model was not going to work. People point to Port O, they point to Ajax. Right, Port O, Ajax's model has changed. They still bring through youngsters, but they have big-name signings as well in there now, apart from Calvin Bassey, seemingly. Seemingly, that, I mean, <laughs> seemingly the scout who, who scouted Calvin Bassey for Ajax has been found in a canal. Um, <laughs> But Porto, Porto as well, as you say, if Porto sell a, a guy to the English Premier League or a top Spanish club for £20 million, they buy another guy at £10 million. It's not, they, they do, as you say, it's, that's, a, that's a great saying, they didn't reset to zero. And that is something that we seem to have done. And it's something that we didn't want Postacoglu to do either. Ideally, what we want to be doing is what we did with Haxabanovic and Abelgur although he's a bit of a mystery at the moment. I don't really know what's happening with him. But you take the boy that we are rumoured to have signed, uh, Yuki Kobayashi. Uh, he's the one that's supposed to be coming in, the 22-year-old. Uh, and now apparently coming on a free. He was a one and a half million, now apparently coming on a free. And what is that left in his wake? There is a whole load of, uh, of uh, uh, guys that comment on Japanese football who are absolutely slating his club, absolutely slating them. You know, and other clubs as well for not getting the fees that are supposed to get in Europe and also letting a guy who's so potentially talented and such a potentially good player go for nothing. That's the kind of comments we want to leave in our wake. We don't want to be, you know, having people comment on us like that, but we want to be taking advantage of people who aren't uh, running their clubs properly. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, effectively, that's what we look to be doing now. I, again, I, I don't mean to imply that uh, where we signed uh, Haksabanovic and all uh, from aren't running their clubs properly. That's a whole different political situation. But in terms of like in Japan, I mean, we we stole Hatati. You know, uh, Kyogo cost a bit more, but I mean, uh, you know, we we got, we robbed some of those guys, uh, and that's exactly what you want people saying about you. You want people looking at the club and going, that's some very impressive business, you know, so uh, you know, we'll see how it, it, it sort of washes out in the end, but ultimately 
I was I, I, I was very uh, as with most things Anne says, I was very enthused um to hear him saying that. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I thought it was a uh, very interesting, very interesting. Uh, and the fact that they're already they've done January and they're into the World Cup, I think, yeah, you're sorry, they're into, uh, looking at the summer. I think it's fantastic, you know. So real sort of forward planning, real vision, uh, you know, and again a real strategy, an agreed upon strategy, and everyone pulling in the same direction. So it's great to see, great to see, great, at least great to hear. We'll see how it pans out in terms of seeing it, mm-hmm. you know. You mentioned, Dab- you mentioned Dabble yeah. Gore, Gore there and, and um, Hak Sabanovich. I mentioned Hak Sabanovich earlier on. Now, Ange has been quite vocal. He actually says that Hak Sabanovich has played more games than he expected at this point because of the lack of pre-season that he had. He says about Abel Gore as well. He says he's not up to the speed that Ange Postacoglu would want a Celtic player to be at and it will be after the, the break before we actually see him more integrated into the team and you're talking about Yoke Kobayashi who's meant to have been uh, bought on a free transfer as a centre-half now people would go say well that means we've got five centre-halves it could be that you won't see much of Kobayashi this season because he's getting bedded into the club for potential Exits, yeah, in the yeah. summer, and yeah, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of forward planning that we're, that we're actually watching. You could we could be sitting here talking about Abelgard, and you thought about Atati maybe going or O'Reilly maybe going, maybe Abelgard's already in the building as yeah. a replacement to come in there. We, yeah. do, we don't know because only time will tell us. Only See, the, fact will we tell have us that that. the fact we have that boy in a free cave. We can't lose out of this, really. Uh, you're talking about his wages, but if he comes on a free, you take him in, you loan him out, you immediately loan him out to, you know, Hibs or whoever it is. You know, you give him some time to bed in. You give time for people to have a look at him. Uh, he's either going to be have enough potential for us or, you know, the manager will want to move him on. But either way, we're going to get paid for him. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's a no-brainer and it's a win for us regardless. The one sort of wee fly in the ointment there in terms of things that the manager was talking about was um, uh, James McCarthy. Uh, so that looks to be another <clears throat> bad hamstring injury and his career has absolutely been littered with bad hamstring injuries. Um, so it's unsurprising, uh, very disappointing. Um, and I, I mean, I, I don't think it's likely we'll see him again in any serious contention. Um, but the problem is, it also means it's going to be difficult to sell him. Uh, and he's in a long-term contract and it's going to be difficult to sell him. Uh, so that might uh, be one sort of minor fly in the ointment. Um, but, you know, otherwise we're going to have to keep paying for him for another couple of years. Um, but, look, it's it's one of those things. Uh, and you never know, again, with players and decisions and people coming to the end of contract, well, that reminds me of, uh, you know, poor old Tam Rogic. <laughs> I know people have mentioned this, but those are some strange decisions he made. It, it reminds mm-hmm. me of, remember your, your mother and father would have told you, you know, when you were young, you never, ever leave a job unless you've got another job lined up. You know, he appears to have just left on a whim in a World Cup year. And that's a really baffling thing. And a world cut here. He's like, I know he wanted a change of scenery, but you know, you have to have your eye on your ultimate goal. Are, are we, did he not want to play in the World Cup? I mean, 
Seriously, it's such a bizarre move. It's it's very strange. You say if you want a change of scenery, Birmingham wouldn't be my move for a change of scenery. Um, (laughs) But, like... It's all went it's all went Pete Tong for him, really, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, he's not in the World Cup squad. Jason Cummins is in the World Cup squad. I, I meant to listen to the lads for Celtic down under this morning to see what they're what, what, what the word in Australia is about that because f- for this side of the world it seems very bizarre that a guy who I last saw in a video when he was playing with Dundee on a table trying to set off a fire alarm eh, on a on a on a Dundee night out and wrecking it wrecking a house. That he that he was on Warner as well has ended up in the World Cup squad just seems utterly bizarre. But he might have turned himself around, who knows? But I, uh, Tam is one that he'll maybe have some regrets. Uh, that the, I I think he'll I, I think he'll maybe leave football now. I think there's a, maybe a chance. I mean, he's on he's only at uh, West Brom until January, I think. Anyway, so yeah, wherever he's going to move to as uh, he. he I think you can actually see him ending up at, uh, in Qatar or the A-League or something like that now because his World Cup is now gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, obviously, as you say, now that he doesn't have to play at a particular level, he'll just probably take the money and run. You know, he'll, he'll take the biggest wage, whatever that happens to be. Um, but I, I just, for, for a life of me... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. You know, again, for most of us in life, these are decisions you really have to be careful and, and plan for. Uh, you know, we, we can't just flit from uh, job to job with no plans in between, and you know, because there's no guarantee. Uh, so it just seems to a normal guy, it just seems a very, very odd thing to have done uh, in a World Cup year. And so important, you know. I'm sure he wanted to play in the World Cup. He played in the qualifiers, man. You know, and he was one of the better players all the way through, and. Uh, yeah, just I, I can't get my head around it, you know. So anyway, look, it's a shame, but um, you know he made the decisions, so it's difficult to feel super sorry for him because you know it's off the back of decisions he decided to make. So, uh, but it is a shame, uh, you know, uh, and it would have been great to see Tam in a World Cup. Um, it would have been, you know, it would have been. Uh, you know, that'd have been an interesting midfield, wouldn't it? Uh, Tam Rogic and Arden Moy. Uh, that, that would have been. I know what Yoda midfield. says. I know what Yoda says about that midfield. <laughs> I know. I know you're not Aaron Moy's biggest fan, big man. No, so no, no, no. <laughs> I, know, I know that Tony Cassidy comes in and tells us uh, Jason Cummins rumored to start at number nine for Australia. I've just remembered Jason Cummins played for Rangers. I just remembered that there. Yeah. Wow. That's maybe that's something I tried to block out my mind. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but see, when, if we go back a couple of, couple of minutes and you were talking about how we progress as a club, yeah. some decent comments came in. Wee Davey, I think Dave, Wee Davey's putting his avatar on right move, bought him flat for rent, £450 a month, one, one good owner. <laughs> uh, the first thing I approach, Wee Davey says, the first thing I approach player is going to think, is this in the league that Rangers play in? No. But 
Liam, I'm not just bringing Liam up because he's because he likes a Wu Tang like me, but he actually but he actually does make a good point. He talks about Club Bruges, and he says this is a fourth year in the Champions League. After two years in the Champions League, they can keep their best players and still bring in top young players between five, five and, and uh, yeah. five and ten million. This is a fourth campaign, and they've qualified for the last sixteen. And the so, so, they, so, they, so there's as, as he says, Club Bruges is a model. Have a look at their evolution of the of the transfer business. So there, there's a club for a middling league, probably higher quality in the Scottish league. I will, I will actually say that. Uh, but they have got a business model. And it comes back to what Poster Coglu says. If you want to improve in the Champions League, you've got to be consistently in it. And and what Liam brings up there then becomes a reality and not just a hope. And being in the Champions League once in five years is not going to work. Well, I mean, I've made this point before and we've made this point before. But, you know, if people just think about it, you know, from, from the point of view of their own jobs and their own business... Like, I do things uh, in my work that uh, when you see someone new coming into the industry and you just think, oh, God, they've got no idea. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I do it without even thinking. Uh, it's just part of the process. Uh, and you do it automatically. You become very, very good at it. You become an expert. That's what happens usually if you stick at something. Uh, but when you see new people coming in or people w- without the same experience, Actually, you have to be reminded of the fact that, you know, you had to get used to doing that. You had It was something you had to learn. Uh, and when you see them coming in and sort of floundering, you're like, oh, jeez, that's right. I've got to actually teach you how to do that. Um, so, and I think most people can relate to that in their own jobs. You don't just suddenly rock up and be absolutely brilliant at something. You know, it's very, uh, well, you can be brilliant at something. <laughs> um, but you don't you don't just rock up and be absolutely fantastic at something. Uh, so it's, uh, it's 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 interesting to see you know how people are reacting to that. But look, you know our, our guys they will learn they'll learn or they'll move on. I think based on Angie's comments, anyway, it's quite clear they're going to learn or they're going to move on fairly quickly. It will be, and that's the way that we need to progress. I mean, I did say during the summer that somebody asked me where where. What's the areas where you would improve your team? Something that we speak about on a daily bulletin every day during the summer as you're actually building up to a new season. And I say as well, everywhere's up for improvement. And I think the six games at the Champions League level has proved that every level, yeah. every, everywhere in the team is up for... We're not, uh, we're not going to discuss it just now, Kev, because we've actual matches to discuss, which we're not going to have for the next four weeks. So that's a conversation, <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah, tell, so, tell me what, what did you think of uh, uh, David Dickinson's uh, bargain hunt of a decision uh, uh, to give the penalty uh, oh. against uh, Burnaby? Oh, you, you, you try I, to I, construct I, a sentence no, with no. swear words in it. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've deleted the comment which says, "Well, we need a VAR on." So the VAR on went off at fifty-one minutes, and Mister John Hughes Senior actually brought up the varsical <laughs> situation in, in Scottish football. I can see why it was given a penalty. I can see why, but the rule is an arse. Yeah, that, that's a, but. I've seen plenty of games where if the arm's up there, 
it doesn't matter if the guy's looking at the ball or no. The referee has been the, uh, the referee has been given the penalty kick. What I, what I will actually say is that's the first game I've ever been at with VAR, right? And I actually quite enjoyed it. I quite right. I quite enjoyed the, the the drama and the entertainment and the Americanization of the of the game. Uh, well, but as we're sitting there waiting, going, I wonder what they actually saw, and it makes right. you start thinking as well. But it's a harsh decision, but I can see why it was given. I right, can so see why it was given. The decision aside, the 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 comment I made uh, in the introduction of VAR was that uh, I could I could if it went the same way as it went in the rugby, uh, you'd very quickly end up with sixty minute halves of football. And that's exactly what happened. It was 61 minutes in that first half. And that's what's going to keep happening because the more incidents there are, uh, you know, the, the longer, you know, obviously they'll get faster at it, you would like to think, but maybe not because they're garbage. Um, but the, what happens is that the referee will abdicate responsibility wherever he can. And the rugby started out it was only supposed to be for tries and now it's for everything. You can go back yeah, right to the, the first ball. So, you know, the same thing could happen here, and it looks as if it is happening here, and they refuse to make a decision on the pitch, right? And the VAR's pulling them back for everything, and they're refereeing the games twice over, and all of a sudden, you've got a 60-minute half of football, right? Now, if you want to have a 60-minute half of football, the very least you can do is do what they do in the rugby, which is they sell Stop you a the wee... They sell you... But that as well, but they sell you a wee microphone, a wee headset. You can listen to the ref. The ref's mic'd up. So the ref is mic'd up, and you can hear the ref and the VAR having a consultation. So, so you could, so you could actually hear the the ref whistle on the sash as he's running about the park. <laughs> well, probably not over the uh, the tapping of his brogues, <laughs> um, but uh, you know it, that. I mean, if you want it to be entertainment, if you don't want people just standing for fifteen minutes extra in a game. Uh, just you know, looking at their shoes, waiting for VAR to make a decision. At least let them hear what's happening. Let them hear what they're talking about. You know, why? Why, why would that be a problem? Why is transparency a problem? You know, what? Well, want to know something? If you remember back to the last World Cup, and it's strange that it was a World Cup in two weeks. If you remember back to the last World Cup, it, what happened was exactly what you say there, John. The referees stopped game decisions. It's like, well, I'm not getting a decision. That's going. To, the telly is going to get that decision, no me. And uh, you, I, I, I think like Colin Watt says something brilliant on Monday. He says it's like getting a toddler the keys to Ferrari, getting Scottish referees VAR because they they're not good enough to actually use it. And I think that's what we're seeing. But we're also seeing the the the. That the actual handballs are utterly ludicrous now and needs changed offside rules are utterly ludicrous and needs changed and VAR has brought that f- more into focus more into focus for me rather than anything. I mean, I I, I, I don't believe I don't believe that Bernabe should have been given a penalty, but I can see why it was given as a penalty kick, judging yeah. the other things that I've seen. And it's yeah. a handball it's a handball rule for me, which is a problem. No VAR. And that, well, and that in that scenario. Well, that that's. I mean, the the the, the next point I was going to make was <clears throat> what they've done is they've tried to remove all subjectivity uh, uh, from the decision. But then what that exposes is how ludicrous the rule is. Do you know what I mean? So you're exposing what you if you want to remove subjectivity, uh, you have to have a cast iron rule, right? 
and it's not. So despite the fact they're trying to remove subjectivity, it is still subjective. If you look at the wording of the rule, and I, I you know, I know what you're saying. Uh, you can see uh, based on other decisions that you have seen, VAR-based decisions that you've seen, why it was given. I can't, uh, for the life of me, you know. I'm unless, not saying it's right. I'm no, not saying it's right. But <laughs> you know, I mean, basically, it's not possible. It's not physically possible for a human being to jump without using other arms as leverage. It's not physically possible. So that is not an unnatural position. So straight away, you take that out of it. As I said, unless we are going to sign nothing except armless men, Irish dancers or kangaroos, I don't see how you can accept, you know, assume that that is a, uh, an unnatural position. Try jumping without using your arms. I know, you know I, I mean, know. Especially because he's not just jumping, right? He's trying to put leverage into a header. So he's got, to, he's got to twist his body, put leverage into your head and jump. You can't do that without using your arms. So, you know, to me, it's an insane decision. And for me, that that is, a, despite the fact they're trying to remove subjectivity, that is still subjective. And the rule uh, did make it clear that that should not be a handball for me because he hasn't done anything to put himself in that position or to try and uh, move into an unnatural position or to move his arms away from a body in an unnatural way. You know, but again, you know, the the, the, the only difference between that, for instance, and O'Reilly's um, penalty that we got against us uh, with the VAR in Madrid was the fact that O'Reilly was facing it. Aye. Uh, so, but Bernabe was facing the other way. So to me, that's just, I mean, it's, it's madness. It's absolute madness. But look, you know, the, 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 the as you say, it's like, um, you know, uh, who was it? There was a, one of the boys from Celtic Down Under was on the the, the after match coverage, and he said it's like uh, giving uh, monkeys knives. A knife in and of itself is a very useful tool, right. you know. But you give it to uh, uh, you know, uh, give it to some monkeys, and you know it's going to end up very that's, badly for you. That sounds like a Liam. Uh, that sounds like a Liamism, that one. Edward Y of Oz. If the refs were mic'd up, the conversation would be like, I didn't know. What do you think? I'm no sure either. It's up to you. Um, there would be like two teenage lasses trying to order an Andos. It would exactly, it would exactly, it would exactly be like that. The, tag, the tagline today is Celtic won't stop until World Cup break. Why Angie's mantra is non-negotiable. We didn't want to stop to the World Cup break. I says at the start of this week, John, I want to get to five o'clock on Saturday night, still at least seven points clear. Yeah, that's that for me. That is the bare minimum, and that's starting with going out and taking care of Motherwell tonight. Yeah, uh, and uh, I think we can actually be more points clear than that, depending on what's happening elsewhere. But uh, you know, I think potentially we can be more points clear. I can I just say. Uh, I thought going into Christmas it would still be tight and then we'd pull away from them just for the strength of the squad. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't think this is the same as us last year because, um, uh, you know, I, I don't think it was not last year, but the year before. But uh, I don't think it's the same position that we were in, um, you know, where effectively uh, we were behind. But we always looked as if we were going to come back. They don't. They don't look as if they're going to come back from this. Not to me anyway. So... You know, I'm, I'm quite, uh, for me, the league is really all about just coaching our players to uh, being uh, at a higher level now and what transfer business can be done. Uh, I expect tonight to be a comfortable victory. Uh, Motherwell haven't been playing that well. I'd like to see um, Starfield CCV uh, in, in the centre-half position. I'd like to see Haxa, uh, Kyogo and Jota up front. 
Um, and I'll even concede Moy getting a game. <laughs> I, just, I want Moy to play just to annoy you. <laughs> that, that's that, that, that's what I'm getting. I want Moy to play and score just to annoy you. That, that's my prediction. I don't usually make predictions because prediction are for fools. But uh, that's my prediction. Uh, I'm, Aaron Moy's going to play tonight and he's going I to will, score. I will take that all day long because right now he's in front of David Turnbull. And I think that, you know, talking about aggressive transfer strategies, Turnbull needs to be worried about the fact there's a 31 year old man in front of him. Uh, so. You know, I, again, that's a conversation maybe we can have the next time because we're running a bit over now. Right. So, yeah. De- definitely. I mean, de- there you go. Uh, I think Aaron Moy will play the night. I think we'll leave that as the last word. John, just to, just to leave you there fuming that I think Aaron <laughs> Moy is going to play. Uh, Liam Devine comes back and he says his favourite Wu-Tang member is the RZA. The RZA is absolutely fantastic, but his favourite MC is Ghostface Killer. Get that as well, but method man for me all day. We we Jimmy comes in. O'Reilly would make a great Robin Kev, no Batman. No, I think he's got that darkness that you need for Batman. And Ryan Kelly, Yuranovic could play the Riddler. Good shout, Ryan. Good good shout for that. Uh, a couple of wee shout out. Kevin Porter saying, "Hope my dad's fine. I think he is fine. He was wandering about there as the program was on. We must have been boring him, John. So he decided to go for a wee wander." <laughs> Uh, and David Brown comes in speedy recovery. He's fine, and he's through there sitting listening. I'll need to go back and see him, see make sure that he's all right. Uh, everybody, Paul's going to be back for the post uh, pre-game tonight, so make sure you join. There's nearly 500 of you in just now. Please hit the like button if we get over 400 likes. It does wonders for the channel. And look, thanks everybody. See you later, and just remember, just don't be bams to each other. Hail, hail. hail. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.